that talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to the exciting conclusion of Mount Buckmore. Nathan, are people happy or sad? Are we happy or sad that this is the end for Mount Buckmore? It's not the end of Mount Buckmore. Like we're building Mount Buckmore, but in like five years, we can bring a bunch of dynamite and blow somebody's face off and put somebody else there. I guess that's true. When Gutsum Borgland got done with Mount Rushmore, I guess he wasn't like, well, this is the end of Mount Rushmore. It's like, no, now people can look at it. So, so Stephen, I guess like, but are we, uh, have we been comprehensive enough is that we didn't do every single position? Are we going to regret that we did not do tight end Mount Buckmore or safety Mount Buckmore or offensive line? Not Buckmore. Are we good with finishing here? I think tight end would have been an interesting conversation because it would have been a bunch of, you know, filler. I, I think we've done a good job of covering the positions that matter to Ohio State. If we did a positions Mount Buckmore, what positions matter the most to this program? Mm-hmm. I think we covered all of that. Which is, I mean, what positions get used the most here? That's what that's what matters for Ohio State. If we were at Iowa, we'd be doing tight ends instead of quarterbacks, probably. So yeah, I think we're fine. But that's true. There are schools where if you excluded a tight end, Mount Buckmore, like you would have a revolt on your hands. Mm-hmm. So we have done cornerbacks, linebackers, defensive ends, quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, and coaches. But as we do, this is the final overall, the four people that should be on Ohio State's Mount Buckmore for football. It is not limited to those people. There could be an offensive lineman that deserves to be up here. There could be a safety. There could be a center. There could be a tight end. So this is this is wide open. It is not only the people who were previously discussed on individual position group Buckmore episodes. I sent out a list of the 20 people that I thought was Doug's version of these are the 20 candidates because on our surveys, you can only go up to 20 on our, and you had to rank them. And I did it right. He had to rank them. And frankly, once you get about above about 10 with the ranking, it gets really hard because you can't just rank the top eight. And then, I mean, I guess you can, you can just say, I don't care. Just do it randomly, but you've got to finish all 20 spots to be able to like submit your ballot. I did get it, it's an off week, right? We're doing this as like, hey, the, the Friday end of the weekend of an Ohio State off week. Couple people, Nathan, did immediately respond to the ranking request with like, hey, it's Christmas break. Why are you giving us homework? Kind of stuff. Because <laughs> this is homework, right? So I will tell you the response rate for this was not as great as it was for some of the position mount buck wars, because some of those didn't go 20 deep. Some of those are maybe a little bit the front of your head, but also like this is difficult. So there's a part of this like it's fun, but it is like also a test in a way. Did you feel like there were 20 candidates for the final four? Like that seems like a lot. I don't know that there were 20 candidates for the final four. I will say I had I had a hard time. I tried to use a couple reference points. So it's like one of those things. They have six people who have won the Heisman. So those six people have to be on. Chick Harley was like the guy who started Ohio state football. So he has Mm -hmm. to be on that seven. And then I put on the top three obvious coaches, Woody Trestle and urban, who are the top three in our coach thing. So that's 10 right there, right? That's 10 just with Heisman people, like the founding player and coaches. And then you're getting into like, well, 
um, Rex Kern and Jack Tatum and Chris Spielman and Orlando Pace and Mike Doss as a three-time All-American and like the heartbeat of a national championship team. So I thought there were some people like I like in the end, Jim Parker, for instance, was a guy who is on ESPN. And I use this as a reference source. ESPN did a list like last year for the 150th anniversary of college football, the 150 greatest college football players ever. And there were eight Ohio state players, no seven Ohio state players on that list. So I put all seven of them on. Right. So, and, and so in the end, this is what I put, I tried to put on them like everybody who was like the number one person on our individual Mount Mm. Buckmore groups. So Chris Carter is on there from the receivers and Chase Young is on there from the defensive ends and Jack Tatum is on there from the defensive backs and, I put Justin Fields on there because we were all sort of like in, in full agreement that like, yeah, miss the man. Justin Fields is definitely one of the four quarterbacks. So there is a little bit of a recency bias. The last, the first guy who did not make it was Joey Bosa. He would have been my 21st. Now, is anybody really going to put Joey Bosa on a mountain as one of the four defining players in Ohio state history? no, but he's like a multiple time all American, the number three pick in the NFL draft and like a defining guy in a national championship team. So I don't know. It's not ludicrous to me that you would want to vote for Joey Bosa. And like, I didn't put Ezekiel Elliott on the list because you can't have too many running backs. And I already had Eddie George and Archie Griffin. So Nathan, I, I wouldn't say that there were actually 20 people who were truly, truly, truly in the running to be one of the four but I, I thought there were at least 20 that deserve to be briefly talked about in a discussion like this. And I could imagine someone saying, oh, no, no, I think they are. Right. So I think I could have gone to 25 probably with like legitimate legends to me. Right. Legitimate legends of Ohio State football. John Hicks is not on here. John Hicks finished second in the Heisman voting as a lineman. Right. I mean, it's like John Hicks is not on here. Well, would anyone really put John Hicks on the side of a mountain? No, but he's John Hicks, man. Like he's he's a, a luminary of Ohio State football. So I know what you're saying, Nathan, but they also got a lot of famous dudes. Well, and and the more people you put on the list, then the people that separate becomes a little bit clearer. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, if or it should. Like, I think those the top four maybe should separate themselves. Or it should tell us that four through seven are really tight, and that's its own conversation. I haven't I looked think, at the results yet, and I'm looking forward to seeing them. Yeah, I think guys like Zeke and Joey Bosa are, yeah, they're legends in their own right. But the things that make them legends, while they separate them when you're doing individual position Mount Buckmores, they don't necessarily do that when you're trying to do it overall, because that's what made everybody on this list get on their individual mountains. So who has that extra layer of thing at this yeah. level? And, and I don't know if with all due respect to what Zeke and what Joey Bosa were, I don't know if they have that extra layer of a thing. I, I agree with that. So again, I did not put John Hicks on John Hicks was a lineman who finished second in the husband book <laughs> <Did. laughs> and, and was a two-time all American and is won the Lombardi award and the Outland trophy and was a rookie of the year in the NFL. And he didn't even make the cut for 20. So it's difficult at a place like this. So let's get to it. But the people, to everybody who did rank 
and took time to vote. Uh, this is, I think, one of the one of the best things about being a texter. If you're not and you're sitting here, man, like, oh man, I'd like to do that. It's four bucks a month, 614-350-3315. Let's just get into it. Nathan, who was your first person on the Ohio who State? My- who was your number one? Who was your number one? If there was only one, if it was a one face Mount Buckmore, who would it be? I mean, there literally is one face. There's one statue. I, I put Woody <laughs> Hayes number one on my list. That, that, and, and it's still just a, a name that comes up in conversations now as still being influential, whether that is just the standard that was set during his tenure, whether that was just that presence that he still has by having so much of the important things around the program named for him i mean it's it's just a name that that's that still stands out above all the others i think he was the the, for me it was the kind of the clear choice for number one i didn't really consider anybody else that strongly for number one steven steven do you agree with that sentiment woody at the top yeah it's, it's woody hayes man the guy's got a statue outside of a building named after him everything starts with him not not really, but it's just it's it's almost like BC. It's it's before Woody and after Woody. Which, by the way, when we had the coaching coaching discussion about Buckmore, which was the most recent one we did, and it was like a survey question of could anyone ever pass Woody? And people were like, oh, yeah, people could pass Woody. And I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. You can never have anyone pass Woody as the greatest coach in Ohio State history. I don't know who my number one is because there's clearly a top two. Is that correct? that if there was a two-faced Mount Buckmore, it is obvious who the two would be. I think yeah. so, yes. So it's Woody and Archie. Mm-hmm. It is an all... Now, because the one thing is, so Woody, as we have discussed, and go if you haven't listened to the coaching one, I thought the coaching one was good. Go listen to that. I thought they've all been good. Woody is not the greatest... He's not the greatest coach in college football history. He, he's not. Nobody, nobody really argues that. As we said... I, th- I think he would be in the conversation for like the fourth spot, but I think pe- most people have Bear Bryant and Nick Saban and then the legend of Newt Rockney. And then to me, the longevity and the, the cultural impact of Eddie Robinson. Like, nobody, nobody would say Woody's number one. Archie did something as a player that nobody else has ever done. Now that is the, that is different than being the greatest player in college football history. It's not the same thing. But he has done a legendary thing. What he did in winning two Heismans, I think, is among the most legendary things in American sport. That it's this thing that nobody's ever won twice except for him. And every, you know, we've had a lot of people now. It used to be, you know, seniors usually won it, so it wasn't even a conversation. We've had a lot of underclassmen win it lately. And nobody's been able to repeat whether it was Tebow, whether it was Lamar Jackson, like people have come close, but nobody's done it. So you could, and I will say that on this ESPN list of the greatest players in college football history, Archie's fourth. So that's pretty high. And again, we kind of said Woody's like right in the mix, probably for fourth, fifth, sixth greatest coach of all time. So Nathan, I do think it's, I think it's close 
Because yes, I, I think to some degree, a coach might always have an edge. And this is how it is in, in college sports, right? Mike Krzyzewski is always going to be the guy at Duke more than any of his other players because Mike Krzyzewski is Duke basketball and all the players that have been good are there because of him. And everything that's happened at Ohio State has happened because of Woody. Nathan, does that mean that a coach has an, an inherent edge and is going to win every tiebreaker against a player in something like this? that you just have to lean coach because it's 28 years versus four, or is there something else greater than just longevity that goes into putting Woody ahead of Archie? Well, in Woody Hayes's case, the longevity is a big part of it. Cause we talked about that on the coaching Buckmore pod that it's the reason it's going to be hard for somebody to ever pass Woody is that no one's going to be here for 28 years. Like it's, you know, you're here for like 10 years, 12 years, maybe. And it's so the fact that he was here across like a generation plus that it, it covered this expanse of time, but then everything that was accomplished in that time too. It wasn't just longevity and, you know, Archie Griffin, fair or not, there's no national championship associated with him. That is a huge point, I think. And I think that that may that's that's a little bit unfair because it, again it's a small it's a short window of time. It's not that he alone could win a national championship, but he also didn't carry a team to a national championship where other players have. So that was what for me meant that Woody had to be the clear number one and Archie the clear number two of the two. Though as you said, those two are the, above everybody else. So let me ask you that. Let me ask you, Stephen, this question this way. What if Maurice Colrett had won two Heismans? Or what if Ezekiel Elliott had won two Heismans? That these are running backs who did partially carry teams to national championships. And then they won two Heismans, right? Or let's just say, I mean, Archie was close multiple times. Let's say they got over the top and they won one of those Rose Bowls that, that would have given them a national championship. If Woody had two Heisman's and a title, would he be number one on this list? Hmm. No, but the case is ah. The case Archie, is stronger, right? Like how much? Yeah, stronger, I guess, actually, right? no. Archie, yes, not Maurice Claret or Ezekiel. I think they'd still be two with a very strong case for one because with Archie, it's the added thing of because you, you have to do this he's responsible for one of Woody's titles and he has mm. two Heisman trophies while the other two, just because, I mean, they're younger, that's not really necessarily in their control, but it's like they, they're responsible for Jim Trestle and Urban Myers titles, plus the two Heismans. Um, so I would say that added variable of Woody's got six t- title titles and Archie Griffin is responsible for one of them along with two Heisman trophies. That's what puts you that's over the top because it's without me, you don't have that other one. That's interesting. Let me ask this. These are the three players ahead of Archie Griffin on ESPN's list of the greatest players in college football history. Number one is Jim Brown. Number two is Herschel Walker. And number three is Bo Jackson. Now, I think they all, and this is one of those things when you get into Archie, it's like Archie did not go on to be a super, superstar in the NFL, mm-hmm. right? He's a good NFL player, wasn't a superstar. And I think when you watch Archie, Archie is an excellent football player, but he's not necessarily maybe like the spectacular kind of superhuman stuff that a Bo Jackson would do. Nathan, would you put Jim Brown, Herschel Walker, or Bo Jackson ahead of Woody 
if they had the exact same careers that they did, but at Ohio State? No. So then we're making the case that Woody, that no player in college football history could be ahead of Woody Hayes on an Ohio State Mount Buckmore because of everything Woody Hayes means and meant to Ohio State football. No player could match that. That's what we're saying here. It's not really an Archie discussion. It's a no player could match it discussion. I think you're, yeah, because I mean, Archie Miller is certainly, or Archie Griffin, sorry, I've done that before. (laughs) Archie Griffin, certainly in the conversation of the greatest players of all time at running back. You've got other players who are in the conversation for the greatest player of all time at their position who probably aren't going to make our top four. So to some extent, I, I, I understand it's one of those times where you start comparing apples and oranges a little bit because one person can be here for his entire mm-hmm. adult life and one person can be here for four years and maybe doesn't even get to play all four of those years. And now you have to compare their impact side by side. It's a little bit unfair, but you can't deny it's not just the longevity it's with Woody Hayes. It's what he did with that longevity. I think that's the difference between pro and college. That's the fundamental difference. In college, it's always going to be coach over player while in the pros is player over coach because of you know the longevity situation of it and how things just kind of work. And so then if you did this for Notre Dame football, nobody would Same pass thing. Newt Rockney. If you did it for mm-hmm. Oklahoma, nobody would pass Bud Wilkinson. If you did it for Alabama, no player could pass Nick Saban or Bear Bryant. Mm-hmm. If you did it for Michigan, no player could pass Bo Schembechler, right? That you have these defining and we, we know who they are. If you did it for Florida State, no player could pass Bobby Bowden. If you did it for mm-hmm. Penn State and threw away the off-field stuff, no player could pass Joe Paterno, right? That we're talking about the longevity, the foundational principles, and again, that select few, eight, ten guys who define in the past, present, and future what those college football programs are. Those guys are always going to be ahead of any player because of the nature of, of college sports. Yeah, I think so. But I think the important difference is and not to spoil anything, but do either of you have another coach on your list? I do not. No. OK, so then and, and again, again, I'm like Jim Trestle, Urban Meyer, great careers, did a lot of things, national championships, but they don't go in the top four because I, I think it's when you start talking about like one national championship, then it, I think it turns it turns back towards the player accomplishment. Mm. That makes I sense. agree when you with start that. talking if, about five to seven, depending on how you count it or whatever, yeah. then you can't deny the Woody Hayesness yeah. of the situation. I okay. agree with that. Okay. So I, 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 I'll agree with that. I, I would not say that, that Archie was my number one. Then I, I, to me, it was just like a sliver, right? I will say the texture's pretty definitive. In, in agreement with you guys that, you know, like it's definitely Woody for the texters. Woody Hayes, 1.59. Again, if, if everybody who ranked all these, if every single person ranked Woody Hayes number one, his ranking would be 1.00. So 1.59 is, is pretty darn strong. Archie Griffin is second at 2.13. Archie Griffin is second at 2.13. I don't know... Well, and let me ask this. Let me ask because because the Archie discussion, the Woody discussion is the same discussion. We don't have to then discuss Archie on his own because he's clearly number one among Ohio State players for every reason everybody knows. Any consideration to the idea that Archie is basically blemish free, and he's from Columbus, by the way. 
And he has stuck around and was the, the president of the Alumni Association for a long time. And he has been an ambassador for both the football program, the athletic department, and the university as a whole, basically his entire life. And so while, yes, he only played four years, he has been a Buckeye, a visible, prominent, well-respected Buckeye for 50 years for almost longer than Woody in some ways, right? That he has been kind of a, a part of the program. And the fact that he never punched it, <laughs> right? Like Steve that helps like yeah. any part, like, <laughs> like should that like that's perfect a, Buckeye. That's a little, Ooh, that's a good way to say it. He's the perfect Buckeye as a player, as a person. It, like does that mean anything in the Archie Woody discussion? If you're only doing one. No, it doesn't, but it, it's just more cements him as the number two guy on here because, yeah, okay. he's from Columbus, went there, played there, still associated, sent his son there. You know, yeah, but I don't know. It can't. No. Okay. Not in college. It can't put you over the coach. I was going to say, to me, one thing that I had in my mind was if you ask, like, a casual college football fan, you'd say the name Woody Hayes would be like, oh, yeah, the great Ohio State coach. If you say the name Archie Miller, they say, oh, yeah, two, two Heismans. Like, where did he Archie play Griffin. again? Archie Griffin. Archie Griffin. Like yeah. two Heisman's, where did you play again? And then they, you know what I mean? Like, I think it's, it's less likely that Ohio state gets associated with that person on a national level. I think the Heisman's almost like supersede it. You know what I'm saying? I do think in some ways, Archie is almost underrated as a two-time Heisman winner that like, I don't know. This Heisman I, house I, thing has really like reinvigorated, like talking about Heisman's and stuff. But yeah. like every Heisman house commercial should be like, that's like, that's the guy with two. He lives in his. I think house. part of I it is my, yeah, I think I, I agree with that. But I also think part of it is there have been other players who probably, if this were 30 years ago, would also have two Heisman trophies because I just, just pulling up his numbers just to be nitpicky because this is part of the process here. His second Heisman numbers are not that good in comparison to the first Heisman. And as we talked about on that running back pod, would he still have two Heismans if he did that in 2016? He'd, no, he'd probably just have the one, just like Lamar Jackson and Johnny Manziel and Tim Tebow all had, just have the one. And so that's part of the, the, the underrated there is, that, yeah, you have two Heismans, but there's also been four or five people since who probably deserve to have two Heismans too. All right, two more things about Woody. The idea that when you say Woody Hayes, that Woody Hayes has an impersonator that Woody Hayes has a style, that you know what Woody Hayes looks like. If he didn't have that, how much is that part of it, Nathan? The, not just the accomplishments, not just the founding father of Ohio State football, of modern Ohio State football, but that he's Woody. It's the black oak cap and the glasses and the short sleeve white shirt. and like that. All of that. Is that part of it? Is that an important part of it or just a sideshow? It, it's maybe a small morsel of it. I, I do think now that you brought up that four players thing, like I can picture Bo Jackson and I was very young when Bo Jackson was playing college football. So it's not like I watched a lot of Auburn games when I was five or whatever, but I can kind of visualize that. I can even kind of visualize Jim Brown. And I don't know if I visualize Archie Griffin the same way. I think that's fair. There, there, there is a little bit of X factor there where Archie Griffin was great but not in the flashy way some of those other guys were that just leave an indelible image. And I, that, I, that is not a slight against him in any way. Certainly not as much of a slight as me continuing to call him Archie Miller on accident. But that's that I Go ahead, Stephen. 
his achievement was iconic, not necessarily the play style. If that's I, a good I think way that's to right. It. Whereas Woody's achievement and his style was both iconic. Yeah. And I think that maybe is, and let me, this is, this is really sideshow stuff. What if his name was Jim Hayes? His name's Woody. <laughs> yeah. What if he like, just went that... by his actual name, Woodard? Then yeah, that wouldn't Woodrow. hit the same. No, it's Woodrow. Yeah, Woodrow. Yeah, Woodrow. Woodrow like, Hayes wouldn't hit the same as Woody. I don't know. No. Nick Saban is not exactly like some kind of a. But nobody calls him Nick. It's it's Saban, and we've gotten to the point where people are discussing whether or not reporters should be calling him Coach Saban. Thank you. Thanks to Deion Sanders. Nobody no, calls no, him no. Nick. And they'll always. I think with legendary people, we'll always find a shorthand. It's like Mike Shashevsky. It's just Coach K. Like nobody's yeah. wasting time on Shashevsky every time they have to say his That's name true. in one of these conversations. It's just Coach K. So there would have been there would have been something. They would have shortened it to something. <laughs> but I've been think... Jimmy Jimmy Hayes. But also, it's one of those things. Like when you think about Bear Bryant, his name's freaking Bear, and he wore a yeah. houndstooth yeah. cap. Like yeah. all that matters. And by the way, everybody's screaming at the radio. Wayne Woodrow Hayes. Woodrow mm-hmm. is his middle name. And like Bobby Bowden has that alliteration that just kind of bounces off your tongue in yeah. a way. It, like it helps. It helps to have a like yeah. a, a one of those kinds of names, snappy names. Okay, I'm not. I'm not really arguing the case anymore. I'm just trying to figure out like all the things that go into sort of everybody agreeing that like Archie Griffin is awesome, but Woody's number one. So Woody's number one. Archie Griffin is number two, and now it gets real. Now it gets real because guess what? This is the voting. Woody Hayes, 1.59. Archie Griffin, 2.13. The number three person for the Texters, 6.40. That's the drop. That's how muddled the rest of this is. And we'll get into that next on Buckeye Talk. Doug, Nathan, Stephen, I will tell you there are five people who are between 6.40 and 8.96. So that's within two and a half points of each other. And then there's a drop to 10.24. So that's kind of a, of a grouped together group of five for the final two spots. And I will tell you that there's at least one of them that I disagree with the textures on. Steven, who is your number three? Orlando Pace. Because not just because of what he means to Ohio State, I don't there's is there a better left tackle in the history of football, at least college football than what he is. And that's that's got to matter to some extent here. I mean, you're possibly the greatest player your position's ever seen. Nathan, is Orlando Pace on your Mount Buckmore? So when I first put together this list, I went back through our previous Buckmores because I thought, well, how can somebody be on my list if I didn't have them? as like the number one at their position on Buckmore. And after I did that, I realized, Oh wait, we didn't do offensive line. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's yeah. To me, it's definitely Orlando pace. Number three, someone who um, just the, the domination that they, they kind of re helped us recalibrate what we expected a left tackle to be able to do. It kind of reset the bar on what t- greatness is at that position. I think everybody who comes along now, and it's not just, Ohio State players, I would say that like college left tackles to be great. Do you like pass the Orlando pace standard? And on top of that, I think he has a lot of those other qualities too. 
of um you guys you would know better he's around he's around all the time it was just at the game on saturday yeah there's a presence there that and in an association with the with the school that has has lingered and uh then there's also like you were talking about sort of the style of woody before and there's not necessarily a style of orlando pace other than the fact that he's just like he is a mountain himself like you almost need a separate mount buckmore just for his size (laughs) so i think that (laughs) that like that becomes part of like that's part of the legacy there is that like he was just a, a a mountain of a person who then went out and played did like steven saying like he went out and did his job better than like anybody who'd come before him and maybe anybody who's come since arguably what if we do that what if we just make orlando pace the mountain and then he can be holding like four other heads that Ah, way five people get on it he is the mountain but i talk meme guy yeah do that yeah we could they should have called him mount buckmore when he was a left tackle here it would have been like what's his nickname mount buckmore two-time lombardi winner two-time consensus all-American, finished fourth in the Heisman. He is fifth among Ohio State players on ESPN's list of the greatest college football players of all time. And I think I disagree with that. I think he is 51 on that list, and I think that's too low. Yeah, it is. But I will tell you, he is the first tackle on that list. He is the highest ranked tackle on ESPN's list. He's not the first offensive lineman. Dave Remington, the center from Nebraska, who the Remington award is named for is slightly higher than Orlando pace. And then the fact that he went on to be the number one pick in the draft, absolutely lived up to it his whole career and made the hall of fame. Like he has been the best player on a football field. Like every moment he's been on a football field, his entire life, he never did not do his job. And the only thing, and, and like, I don't even think anybody would suggest this, but it's like they, his team never got over the top, right? In the Cooper era, like his, they, they never won a national title. But left tackles can't win you national yeah, titles. That, that doesn't ask, matter. Ask Joe Thomas and the Browns, right? That, that That's not how you grade tackles. So I also agree, as much as there's dispute, right? As much as there's a, cl- a top two and then a group, Steven, he's a cl- is he a clear three for you, Steven? Or did you have to really think and then they were like, ah, I guess pace is three. Clear three. There's nobody who's done it better than him. And I'm pretty confident in saying that no one's going to be anywhere near him ever again. And I know we've thrown it around with Paris a lot, but that's the hyperbolic side. Paris might be the best left tackle Ohio State's seen since Orlando Pace. He is not going to be as good as Orlando Pace was. That's a once in a lifetime type of left tackle. Uh, And Nathan, was it any doubt for you that he's third? No, once I remembered that offensive linemen existed, um, which you said we didn't do that the first time around, but once I like remembered that we had left those positions off, then uh, yeah, I think it's very, it, it's a very clear third. He's closer to second than he is to fourth. I guess I'd say that. He might have broken PFF's grading scale, quite frankly. Yeah, they should if go it back existed. and do that. Um, yeah. Because it's, it, it's, it's interesting, like we've seen, oh, we've already seen flashes where Paris Johnson Jr. has like dominated a play and just like really buried a guy. But we forget how like Orlando Pace just did that like that was in normal. his sleep. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we're being I don't think we're like misremembering that, right? Like no. it was just no. it was just it revolutionized how you play that position. Or actually and it didn't because most people just can't ever aspire to that. And mm-hmm. started his first game as a true freshman. Started yeah. the, the minute mm-hmm. he got here. 
which again, even like we've talked about Paris Johnson in terms of like the best tackle recruit to Ohio state since Orlando pace, but already it's like, well, he didn't, you know, you start from the moment you get to campus. Yeah. That is elite and sports illustrated um, in 1999 did their NCAA football all century team. He's one of the starting tackles, right? Like he's as good as anybody. He's the best guy to ever do what he does. I think he should be higher than 51st on sports illustrated's list. He's also my clear number three, and he is also third for the textures that, that, you know, there's a group there, 6.40 Orlando Pace is third. So, and I, I just, I would have a hard time that anybody listening would be like, Oh no, 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 no. That's wrong. Right. Nathan that like, I don't, you might be like, oh, like I, I thought about, I thought hard about him, but I just, I had him fifth. I slightly, and I get that, but there, there's not a dispute here. I don't know that you couldn't come out and say like, this is a ridiculous choice to put Orlando Pace as the number three Mount Buckmore. I would listen, man, that, that this is where, it, I don't know if I go this far. I was almost going to say I'd listen to an argument for second I more easily than I'd listen to an argument for fifth. But I feel, because he has to be in the top. He has to be. He has to be. He has to be. Do you think it's almost unanimous, Stephen? You think everybody listening to this is like nodding along, even if they didn't think it initially. When you really think about it and you really spend some time with it, Stephen, like, is it just is it obvious to everybody? It's it's so obvious. It's a had we done an offensive line, Mount Buckmore. I don't even. It's just Orlando Pace is one, and let's start discussing three, three, two, three, and four, and that's the yeah. only position where that's like that. And, and even then, he, you have to kind of go. Here's Orlando Pace's spot on them. He probably takes up just two spots. And then we just, you know, like, honestly, he takes up two spots on Mount, on an offensive lineman, Mount Buckmore, and then two other people have to fight it out. And I know that he didn't win a national championship. His teams didn't win a national championship. But I feel like that other test that we always throw in here, or like if you removed him from Ohio State history, like you'd be removing a very rich piece of Ohio State yes. history to just take mm-hmm. Orlando Pace out. Like just – because even if the team wasn't winning a national championship, everybody in the country knew about this planet that was moving people around in a way that no one ever had. And he was at Ohio State and he became a attraction in college football for four years while he was out there just mowing people down. And like a great ambassador yeah. to this day, mm-hmm. again, his son's a walk on here now, just like yeah. everything about him is rare and if he played a position where he either had the ball in his hands or he was like a defensive end right i mean he he might have won the heisman right that he he mm-hmm. he just he did everything he could do at the position that he played and so i i do think that there is not a ton of conversation here and then i think there is an endless 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 amount of conversation for four I think this is really difficult. Did you guys break up this? Like, did you have a group that you kind of split off and said, these are my candidates for the fourth spot? I would say that I have four people that I would consider for this fourth spot. And I will say, again, some of it's semantics. If I'm doing all-time stuff like this, we right now we have a coach we have a running back and we have an offensive lineman. 
I would like my mountain to represent football while it's also representing Ohio State. So I am less likely. It's not, I wouldn't exclude them out of hand, but Nathan, I'm less likely to add another coach, another running back, or another offensive lineman here because we're already putting somebody who is the second best at what they did in history when we have a whole wide swath of guys who are the best at what they ever did here. Yeah, I've, I and I, I cycled through about five guys that I had in this spot before settling on one. And it wasn't, it wasn't so much that I came up with that list of five guys. It was what I thought I wanted at that spot kept changing. There was a point at which I said, well, I need a defensive player. Like, you, who's like, you know, do you need to just recognize the other side of the ball and have the greatest defensive player in Ohio State history here, regardless of other factors? And then I was like, well, maybe you also need to have someone who is more modern, like someone who's more immediate. Uh, when you think back on like the actual Mount Rushmore, it was like three guys who were founding fathers and Teddy Roosevelt. And it was a, so it was kind of like the present and the past was being recognized all at the same time. And, but then at the end that neither one of those things were what I decided to make my selection based on. I picked five guys where I'd say, where I basically said I'd be okay if they were the fourth guy on the mountain. And then I, let everybody else go. And then this uh, started my discussion there and it kind of got difficult at times. And I had to, you know, you know, prioritize certain things over other things. So you had five, five guys who were fighting for the fourth spot. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. I think there are two guys. I would say I have four of them, but, and I think there are two guys that we sort of have to break off and have a conversation about to say like, well, are you going here? So the first one is Chick Harley. And we did, when we did a uh, running back, I said, well, I wouldn't have a second running back. Chick Harley was a running back. He was a running back in the 19, in 140 years ago, in 1917 or whatever it was. Um, so like, that's just a little different, right? That's, that's not the same as saying, oh, he's just like Archie Griffin. So like Ohio State football, he kickstarted it. We all know this. Anybody who's an Ohio State fan has some vague uh, awareness of Chick Harley. We are not the people to give you an extensive Chick Harley history here, but he was so popular. He was kind of the guy that brought attention to the team, was the first um, consensus first team All-American, the first three-time All-American at Ohio State. He was one of the, he was a charter member of the first, you know, he was in the first class for the college football hall of fame. He's like in the first, you know, 50 years of the 20th century. He's like the guy for Ohio state, like before Woody, right. It's kind of like it's Chick Harlan. And that's something that's huge. He is, he's like red Grange. He's like one of those guys. He's a, you know, and so it's just a matter of that, that if you just are going to do that, if you're just going to say, he made it what it is. He's the reason Ohio stadium got built because people were coming to watch him play. And they're like, we better build a stadium now. And if you go there, Nathan, and if you are going to be sort of, if you were going to honor the history of it, I think you just go chick Harley maybe. And then it's over. And that's the fourth. Cause you've got to have the three that we already said, and it's chick Harley, but this is also a podcast in 2021. And this was more than hundred years ago. And I don't necessarily, if we were building it, cause here's the thing. We're, it's like we're building it. It's like we've been commissioned to build it now. So we're building it today. Do we have to have him on, Nathan? Is, are we overlooking history? 
it would be like, people were like, ah, oh, man, George Washington. I mean, everybody gets it. He was a general across the Potomac, whatever. Valley Forge, we get it. Cherry tree, wooden teeth. All right, fine. But I really want to put Woodrow Wilson on the mount. You know what I mean? Like, would that, right? Would that be like, what, what do you mean you don't have George Washington? He started it all. What do you mean you don't have Chick Harley? He started it all. Are we ignorant if we don't have Chick Harley on this thing? I think that specific comparison would, would be a bad one. Like, I don't know what list yeah. Woodrow Wilson makes instead of George Washington. But I just was talking about guy because I was thinking about guys named Woody. Why didn't he oh, go by yeah. Woody? If he went by Woody, he'd be far more iconic. Liga Nations, everybody called him Woody. Good to you go. You really want, you, Woody you want President Woody? President Woody Wilson. Everybody loves him. No, that's like, no, that's Woody Wilson is like a mayor. That's yeah. He's like President Woody is a controversy getting ready not, to happen. I think there probably have been other presidents that we would might refer to as President Woody. Um, it's like, hey, go Mount Butmore. I went there. Uh, so uh, President do I Woody think- punched the guy in a cabinet meeting. Everybody loves him. What are you going to do? I'm telling you, it's open for anybody who wants to take it. Go ahead. Do I think it's a disgrace if we don't have Chick Harley on here? No, I don't. I can. I will. I will understand why someone would say otherwise but i do have chick harley as the fourth person on my list you do have chick harley okay i do because i think it is when you're talking about mount buckmore at the end of the day um this is you have to have a founding father on there and even more than woody hayes he is the founding father of ohio state football and i think it's a legacy that extends to now i don't know how much it's something that the modern day player recognizes but i think in college football history, it has to be recognized as such. And I think then it's just like, I mean, I don't know. To me, I get swayed by things like he would have been a four-time All-American if he hadn't left one year to go fight in a war. Yeah. Like those things like those things resonate with me a little bit. And it's one of those things where like the problem is that if you put him fourth on this list, I don't know whatever knocks him off. And we kind of like to think of this as living in a little bit. And like what's so somebody could potentially surpass him and take that fourth spot. But like Chase Young wasn't going to go like fight in a war in the middle of his career. So that's that's a tough criteria to use, I suppose. But I just think that when someone is this embedded in the mystique of the program, because I think he also it wasn't just that he like got that started in terms of success, or whatever. I think he started the mystique and the mystique of Ohio state football is crucial to the identity of, of fans and players and everything. And he was the one who got that started. It is a, it's a strong case in the, the AP college football all-star team for the first half of the 20th century. They did this in 1950. They did two first team halfbacks. One was Jim Thorpe and the other was Chick Harley. And Red Grange was second team. It's like he pushed Red Grange to the second team. It's it's really difficult. It is almost, I don't even know that you would, that there's an argument. It's just like, are you going to do it or not? Because if you make the argument that you just made, Nathan, then I just think you do it. And then the, the argument against doing it is, it was 100 years ago and I don't want to do it. That, that I don't want the mountain to be Woody Hayes, well, Archie Griffin, Orlando Pace and some guy from 100 years ago. And but Steve is raising his hand. There's yep. been 100 years of Ohio State football. You're just going to no, ignore 50 but, years of it? No, and but like that's oh. the argument. Like I but like to the point Nathan is like I don't know that there's another argument other than I just didn't feel like putting on a guy from 100 years ago. Because to say like I'll 
I didn't think he was that good, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? The, the argument is that college football wasn't really college football yet. Mm-hmm. And but it became that, college football because of people like Chick Harlan. And that's and fine. I agree. But All right. Things, so that's Nathan's case. Stephen, go ahead. Yeah. You're the other and side that, here. And that's fine. And I agree with all that. But things evolve and things, you know, as time goes on. And I just I can't have a guy on there from 100 years ago when the game that he played in isn't at all the football game that we play in today. Now, regardless of how good he was, I'm not saying he wouldn't have been that good playing in today's game. What I am saying is what he was dominant at is not the college football we know today. And so because of that, I can't put on a guy from over 100 years ago. He finishes fifth for me right off the mountain. Because I have to still honor that and acknowledge that that exists. Let me ask this question. Is our Mount Buckmore, is it a tourist trap? Are we charging money to get in? Because if we're charging money, I think we might kick off the guy from 100 years ago. Yes. Yeah. Listen, if you're going to use this mountain to help recruits, Chick Harlan can't be on the mountain because they have (laughs) no idea who that man is up on the mountain. It's like if I if if I one day take my kids up there either at that point. That's different. There's a statue of him out front of the building. You have to have the guy up there that these recruits will listen. You practice in his building. Here's who he is. Like that has to be up there. That's a little different. But also, by the way, we don't have to. Let's not be too beholden. But we're building our mountain. Our mountain trumps every statue. Why isn't there an Archie statue on campus? Is there a good reason for it? There are there are college football player statues out there. Yeah. And, and like they finally put up a Jesse Owen statue and. Awesome. It took them too long to have an actual statue of Jesse Owens. And I've talked about that a lot. They put it at the edge of a parking lot because it's back at the Jesse Owens track and field stadium. And I wish it was more prominent, but I never take for granted driving past their Jesse Owens statue. Why isn't there an Archie statue in front of the Woody Hayes Athletic Center? I get this name for Woody, but have one Woody on one side of the entrance and have the only two-time Heisman winner who has been an ambassador for Ohio State football for 50 years on the other side of the door. I'd vote putting him in in I'd vote putting him in front of Ohio Stadium instead of whatever Ohio that, sco- whatever that sculpture they've got out there, honestly. So, why is it having head of it? From my experience, those things tend to happen through private donations. Somebody will step forward and say, I'm giving you $300,000 for this particular purpose. It can only be used for this. So it might just be a matter of having a fan, alumnus, whatever, step forward and do that. All I don't right. think that I don't know that they're going to turn it down. I, I would be surprised. I, I'd have to ask Gene Smith, like if someone came up to you and said, hey, I'm giving you X hundred thousand because that's what it takes to build these things. If I'm going to give you X hundred thousand dollars to build this statue, but it's only for this purpose, would you take it? I can't imagine he'd say no. Like, why would he say no? I like statues. And I like I always I like I like a thing like this is what this person looked like. And it's a life size thing. And there, this is the closest you could come to standing next to them by standing next mm-hmm. to this representation of how they dressed, what they looked like, how they carried themselves. This this captures a moment in time. So to have a statue of Archie, you know, in his Ohio State jersey from one of his Heisman years, standing there holding the football or whatever, if you want to have him in action. I mean, the Indians, the Guardians, excuse me, the Guardians have a bunch of them outside. Baseball is really good at it. Baseball yeah. is terrible at everything that has about now. Baseball is terrible about everything that's now. Baseball is very good at the past. And I think sometimes other sports fall short um, about the past. But Archie needs a statue. Let's start that. All right, that's our new thing. Archie needs a statue. Let's get on at Ohio State. So he's not my guy at the moment. I'm willing to be swayed. 
But the argument is the argument. The argument is whether you just want to do it or not. The other factor for me was the other guys I kept cycling through, I found it harder and harder to actually pick one of those guys over the other ones. I also think is an argument because there's, if you're going, I just want to go more modern. Then mm -hmm. you still have four or five guys to pick from. It's still not obvious. Whereas like, if it's like, it's Chick Harley, it's like, oh, he was the best player in the first 50 years of Ohio State football. It's him. That, right, Nathan, if you're on the fence, that is a reason to go that way because if you don't do Chick Harley, now you have a headache. Yeah, and that, that was a factor for me that I thought that his historical importance was kind of undeniable, whereas everybody else that I was considering, you could nitpick their candidacy. Okay, there's actually two other guys that I want to talk about. Another guy I want to talk about is Bill Willis, who is Jackie Robinson, except football doesn't acknowledge it in the way that At Jackie all. Robinson is uh, – an iconic part, not just of sport, but of American society. Every person, whether you're a sports fan or not, knows the Jackie Robinson story. And like, it's like, oh, Bill, Bill, Bill is, he did football. It's like, what are we doing? The, the NFL is terrible at this stuff. So Bill Willis is that. He went from Ohio State to the Browns. He was on the 1942 National Championship team. They now have the Block O Jersey Award mm-hmm. that they give to honor Bill Willis. The fact that Bill Willis is not, and he was, and he was like an unbelievable all-American lineman that like, again, it's, it's, it's just based on his abilities. Then you add the societal part of breaking the color barrier in what is now America's most popular sport. It is a shortcoming of football, of the NFL, of all of us, that Bill Willis is not as famous as Jackie Robinson. So that is a case because he is a great player. He's an Ohio native. He did it for the Buckeyes and the Browns. He's all about Ohio football. And he broke the color barrier in the NFL as a Buckeye and, and carried all that with him. It is a compelling case if you want to go that way. And it's, and it's again, it's like, well, if you, want to, if you want to acknowledge that, then it's Bill Willis. Like, what's your argument against it? There's no argument against it other than that's just not what I wanted to do with the statue, I did with the mountain. I didn't want to do a guy from 100 years ago, and I didn't want to have it be that he's a really good player, but it's more of a societal impact. I kind of just wanted to do football. But yeah. Bill Willis is certainly in the conversation, right, Steve? I mean, he's mm-hmm. he, you're nodding your head. He's got to be in the discussion here, Stephen, and I understand anybody who goes with Bill Willis here. He's got to be in the discussion. I just don't know if this is the discussion for him, if that makes sense. I think that does make because it's to the, you can't. I want it to be about football. He is a lot more than just football because of what he just means uh, for myself as a person, as a as a black person. What that means. So I don't know if a discussion about who are the greatest football player, who is the most important football players in Ohio State history, are is the discussion that you want to have him. And just like in baseball, that's not the discussion you have with Jackie Robinson. You know, it's just that's a different conversation right. that deserves to be somewhere other than just on a mountain. You shouldn't be going, and here's Bill Will- Will- Bill Willis. It should be, this is Bill Willis. This is what he meant to not just Ohio State football, but to African-Americans who, stro- who wanted to play football one day. And they do that a little bit with the Blocko jersey, obviously. Yeah, that right. was kind mm-hmm. of the, the, the genesis of that. I will say that it, it's like Jackie Robinson's interesting because he's both like underrated as a player, but then also wouldn't be in the conversation. Like, he doesn't get brought up as like one of the four greatest players 
of all time. Mm-hmm. Right. And he would, it would be a tough conversation to be like even one of the four best, like Brooklyn slash Los Dodgers of all time. And for, for Bill, Bill Willis, I wonder if the impact you're talking about, by the way, one of the reasons I think why, and this is not, un, this is not fair, but like his, him breaking the color barrier isn't seen the same way is because there were two guys at once, him and yes. Mary Motley, both yeah. at the same time. So it didn't all get focused on one guy and baseball was bigger than football at the time and all that stuff. But like, it's almost, you would put him maybe higher on a Browns list or an NFL list for having done those things than having done them True. in Ohio than, than the Ohio True. Stateness of it. Although he is an Ohio State alum and a, right. and a great one. He was one of the people I considered. I, I He was one of the guys that I had at that four spot at one point. So I was, that was certainly, those were two guys that I gave uh, the texters options about. And you know what? I mean, again, this is like homework that you're getting on your phone <laughs> on a Tuesday okay. night. Look, I so, yeah. <laughs> homework on your phone. $4 a month. So Chick Harley finished 10th in the voting and Bill Willis finished 15th out of the 20 that I sent. And so I get that. I get that. I mean, it's, it's, it's yeah. difficult. It's difficult. The last person that I think there is a conversation about that I'm just not sure about is Eddie George, because he is a great player. He is a Heisman winner. He is modern, but he is not the best running back in Ohio State history. So, Stephen, this is sort of what I was talking about. I'm like, if you want to go Eddie George, it's like, okay, we're going two running backs. And nobody argues Eddie over Archie, right? And also, like, Eddie kind of took a while to get warmed up and had the Heisman year, but wasn't Orlando Pace where he started from his freshman year and was like three years of dominance. So I understand the Eddie case, but again, it factors into me a little bit that he played the same position as Archie. History is always interesting because when you're doing stuff like this, you either need to be first or you need to be the best. So Carly's you know, mm. first and then you know Archie Griffin's probably the best. You know, and sometimes you can be both, which is even like Woody Hayes is basically both. He's he's first and he's the best. And Eddie George isn't first, even if he's pound for pound, the better football player than both of those guys. He's not first. So you can't he can't be a part of this discussion because we've seen we've seen that elite Ohio State running back. We've seen that before plenty of times and we'll continue to keep seeing it. So Eddie is not your fourth, Steve. No, Mm -mm. Eddie, you finished. Go ahead. Did, did, go ahead we, did we have Chick Harley on the running back list when we did the running backs, or do we exclude we, him because when we did no, because he backs, was pre Woody. We wound up doing old time running backs and modern okay. running backs because okay. we did Chick Harley and the three old Heisman winners, okay, Les Horvath, Vic Janowitz, and Hop Cassidy, right? And yeah. we just said that's the old mountain, and then we're doing a new mountain because okay. we don't want to have a podcast talking about Vic Janowitz and Chick Harley the whole time. No offense to anybody. So that's how we separated that. And we just sort of didn't have a huge old guy conversation. I was going to say, because in my mind, when I was doing my list, it was just hard for me to think of someone that I didn't put number one on a positional list right. as being one of the four. And, and it, it wasn't so much that I want, I needed to exclude another running back. It just kind of worked out that way. So the Texters picked Eddie George fourth. And, and I'm a, I was a little surprised by it, actually, that, that George was right behind pace. Orlando pace is 6.40. Eddie George is 6.46. Number five is 7.97. Number six is 8.59. And number seven is 8.96. So as much as I group that together, number three and number four were a decent bit ahead of one and a half points ahead of number five. So 
I was surprised by that. And that's not where I would go. I did not even have Eddie George really in my group of, I, I had four names for the fourth spot. Bill Willis and Chick Harley were two of them. And then two other guys were for my other two people for the spot. I just did not have Eddie George in there because he really had the one gigantic year. He's a tremendous player. He continues to be a great representative of Ohio state football, but for lack of a better word to me, he's just a little bit more of a normal, really good college football player. And I don't know that that's where we are. Right. That I just, I think we're a little beyond that. We're doing mountain stuff. I would definitely, if like, if it's that Eddie George is the modern guy, then I'd go check Harley or Bill Willis. I would not put on Eddie George. Yeah, so, no. Um, right. yeah. That's, that's so we're not with Eddie. We understand why the Texas went there. We'll come back after this and we'll finish up where Steven and I have our guy for the fourth spot on the overall Mount Buckmore here on Buckeye Talk. 614-350-3315. Nathan, I want your number five as well. Like if you had not gone Chick Harley, who would you have gone? Uh, but Steven, and I have to zero in here. Steven, I don't want you to say your guy yet. Is your guy a defensive guy? Yeah. And I'll just, I won't, without saying it, I'll uh, talk about how I arrived there. Okay. I wanted to go either modern or I wanted to go defensive for a lot of different modern, just because there has to be a modern guy who also represents where football is today, but also Ohio state has way too many great defensive players for uh, them, them to not be represented on this mountain. I think you need a defensive guy too. I, I really wanted to go with a defensive guy unless there was such a compelling reason. Like if you just buy the, if you buy the Harley argument or the Willis argument, then it doesn't matter that they're not defensive players because you're doing it for another reason. If we're just going by how good they were at football, then I want to go defense for my mouth. Mm-hmm. There's two guys. I feel like there's two that I came down between Steven, how many defensive guys really, if you ended up going defense, how many did you come down to? Two. Okay. And one of them allowed me to do both of what I wanted to do with this spot. All right. Who's your guy? Chase. And I know it's, I don't know if it's crazy or not to have Chase there, but as we talked about on the defensive, I mean, he, it, the buildup every year, he got better. He went from doing what he was supposed to do as a freshman to 10, 10 and a half sacks while dealing with some, you know, ankle injuries to 16 and a half sacks. The, the fact that all 16 and a half, one of those sacks meant something. I think he's the best football player of who's left here. And he is a very good example of kind of where college football went immediate during his tenure here. And the fact that he's kind of the last person who got in trouble for a reason that he could have just chalked up the NIL two years later. Chase Young for the texters finished 13th. I'm, I'm almost a little surprised, Steven. Are you surprised that a guy that every texter who voted on this watched Chase Young, loved Chase Young as a football player, and he's 13th out of 20? Yeah. I, I've, the only argument you would have against Chase is there's like a line of defensive ends who have been elite lately, but it's just – it's such a gap in between what he is and what everybody else was at the best of their abilities that I just, I'm very shocked. I want to see where some of the other defensive players ended up for the Texas, but I'm pretty shocked that chase wasn't at worst number seven or eight. So let me say, I do think it hurts chase that he is so recent. I don't know that he has yet been able to establish an aura. He's almost too real to people. Yeah. And he has not been able to establish himself long-term in the NFL. We don't know the full Chase Young story. If Chase Young winds up being 
a surefire Hall of Famer and one of the best defensive ends in NFL history, I think he helps his case, right? If Chase yeah. Young winds up being a guy that 25 years from now is still eminently associated with Ohio State football, I think he helps his case. He was not one of the two people that I had in mind for my defensive guy. Nathan, okay. was Chase in your, in your discussion if you weren't going Chicarly? He was in the orbit. And it was because of just how dominant it was and that I got to see it with my own eyes. And it did make me, I did at one point really want to get someone from the more modern era of Ohio State football because I think we're in a different, what do you want to say? A different. Um, yeah, to the, I, I know exactly what you're going to say. You know I mean? to, to that point, it's where is Ohio State football at right now? It's national with how it goes about building the rosters. And he is a firm representation of that. But I will also say I didn't put him on, and I, I think I understand why he was maybe as low as he was in some ways because we talked before about, like, tenure, and it, it's so short. When you're only here for three years, you weren't even a starter the first year. He was held back by injuries that second year. So I feel like he didn't like, – it's, it's, it's not the same as having two Heismans. It's not the same as being a starter for your entire career as the best offensive lineman in college football. Like it was still a little bit of a flash. The great, the, the greatest of the great with him was still just the one season. Didn't even play a full season as it was. So I think that was also maybe in a little bit in the back of my mind that it didn't spread over. It, it, the, when you look over the timeline of Ohio State football, that it was still a very brief moment for him. Um, even even though he did things that no other defensive end has done, and maybe that none will do again anytime soon, uh, and and it also that that same thought process brought me to the realization that when you start talking about the expanse of Ohio State football, then maybe Orlando Pace is actually still in the what we would call the modern era. You're talking about mid '90s, like I was in high school. That wasn't that long ago, as much yeah. as hard as that is to believe. Okay, so here are the two guys that. Well, can you guys guess if I chose between Jack Tatum's two, one of them, Tatum and Spielman, it's Tatum and Spielman. Yeah. Those are the two guys that if I was going to go just on football that I would choose between. And I think they both have auras because they've been allowed to, because they've been sort of gone uh, long enough. I, th- I think you, you can conjure something in your head about them, both that represent sort of a, a brand of toughness, right? A, a brand of physicality that I think people do associate with Ohio state football. Um, nobody's like Tatum. Nobody's like Tatum, right? At what he did, nobody in football was like Tatum. Spielman. I th- Spielman was number one in our linebacker list because he was kind of like the peak. It, he's similar to some other guys, right? That, Randy Gratishar and AJ Hawk and James Laurinaitis and, and guys like that are sort of cut from the same cloth, but like Spielman kind of embodies all of that. And he was super famous in high school and came to Ohio state. And again, has remained a huge representative of Ohio state. And Jack Tatum is just like a defining, like you have Jack Tatum. If you know anything about football, you have like an image of like a, a highlight in your head of him flying through the air. Right. And, and blowing a guy up on the ESPN list of all time college football players. Archie Griffin was four. Eddie George was 38. Jack Tatum was 44. Hop Cassidy was 47. Orlando Pace was 51. 
Jim Parker was 141 and Chris Spielman was 143. Chris Spielman was the 13th linebacker. So like he's not Dick, Dick Buckus was the first linebacker. Lawrence Taylor was the second linebacker. Derek Thomas was ahead of him. Leroy Jordan was ahead of him. You know, there's just some, some people up there ahead of Chris Spielman. Tatum in the top 50 all-time college football players is pretty darn high, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's some legit respect for what he did. But part of my inclination is to go with Spielman. Like as a guy who was on a Wheaties box as a high school player, who, who sort of was of that modern era of like, man, like he's a super famous high school guy. And this is a big recruiting battle. And he chooses the hometown team. And then he has a great career there. And, and he just like embodies Buckeye in a lot of ways to me, but Five minutes from now, I might choose Tatum. But I think I would pick both of them over Eddie George, even though Eddie George is higher on ESPN's list of all-time guys. If I'm down, Nathan, to Spielman and Tatum, which way should I go? Ooh, it's, boy, and I I guess I would lean Tatum. That was one of the guys that I was thinking about just because of how much he helped define what is still, what still endures as like, arguably like the greatest little mini era of Ohio state football. I mean, that, that super soft era that still really lives on in people's memory and their um, respect and how important he was to that little juncture in Ohio state history. And also then just, I mean, it's, it's style in a different way. Like I don't, you don't necessarily think of the way that the Jack Tatum like looked or maybe even the way he played, but just kind of that, that fear that people throughout college football had of Jack Tatum, I think lives on in a, in a way that deserves representation. I think of it as like, when you're looking at the guys on this list, someone should be able to tell you a pretty evocative story about them. Right. Like with, with like, you know what I mean? Like they should be like, Oh man, let me tell you what it was like. Let me try to describe to you what it was like to watch that guy play football. And I think you get there more with Jack Tatum than you do with even Spielman or Eddie George or someone like that. Jack Tatum was the other defensive player I was thinking of. So it'd be Jack Tatum, but also because <laughs> not saying you couldn't do this with most of these players, but literally plop him down right now. And he'd be perfect for this era of football. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, he'd be the bullet right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I mean, like that's, that's a good argument. There's probably um, a little more panache to Tatum, right? That Spielman is kind of like, you know, down and dirty linebacker and, and Tatum is more like flying through the air, right? Kind mm-hmm. of stuff, more like Superman kind of stuff. Now, part of it too is if I'm trying to make a mountain, Archie played for Woody. Now we got Woody, we got Archie, we got Tatum, who both that's two of the guys who played for Woody. Is it too yeah. Woody-ish? Although it's like, oh, it's not exactly like, oh, well, I need to represent the mid-80s and the Earl Bruce era. Better get that in there because we're not talking about and, you know, you have somebody on from the Urban Meyer era. We're not talking about it. Troy Smith did not come up for any of us, mm-hmm. right? Like, we don't we don't have a quarterback on there. Troy is definitively – we all agreed Troy's number one quarterback, right? Spielman was the number one linebacker. Tatum was the number one defensive back. Chase was the number one defensive end. Troy Smith was the number one quarterback, and he, we have not mentioned his name yet. Nathan, is it an oversight? Should it be Troy Smith? I think I'd go Troy ahead of Eddie. I think I definitely would do that. They both won Heisman's. One's the greatest at his position. Neither of them won national championships, but Troy has a super compelling story. And Troy wasn't 
clearly as good of a pro player, but what are we talking about here? I don't know. I think, I think Troy probably, if you're going to talk Eddie, I think you have to talk Troy. Yeah. I mean, that that's probably the conversation you'd have to have between those two, but I think there's a reason why neither of them ascended to the level where we were really considering. It doesn't sound like any, any of us were considering even Eddie George, either of those guys that strongly for our fourth spot. No, but I agree. If we're going to discuss an offensive player, it's going to have to be Troy. Yeah. The Texters went Eddie George four, Jim Tressel five, Chris Spielman six, Troy Smith seven, Jack Tatum eight, Hop Cassidy nine, Chick Harley 10, Urban Meyer 11, Chris Carter 12, Chase Young 13, Justin Fields 14, Bill Willis 15, Vic Janowitz 16, Rex Kern 17, Les Horvath 18, Mike Doss 19, and Jim Parker 20. So, I mean, I think that's pretty good voting by the texters. You know, it's like I put Mike, listen, it's like Mike Doss is a three-time consensus All-American who was the heartbeat of a national championship team that was the first time they won a national championship in 30 years. I, I think you could make a case for Mike Doss higher than 19 if you want to spin it a certain way, right? But again, the super softs, Nathan, I mean, you you mentioned super soft with Jack Tatum. That's the greatest team in Ohio State history. It's the great, they have a nickname. It's the greatest collection of talent. It's the greatest group of guys. Well, who's the defining guy of that? It's Tatum. It's Tatum ahead of Rex Kern or or, or Jim Stillwagon or, or anybody else there. So Tatum is representing. It's like, oh, when you start telling the Tatum story and you point to the mountain, you immediately start talking about the super softs, right? That's a valuable thing to say. Spielman doesn't quite have that. Spielman was in the nine and three era, right? Mm-hmm. Spielman is like, I think, a great representation of like the Ohio State-Michigan rivalry and an Ohio guy and that kind of stuff. But I think from a team standpoint, Tatum stands out. I think from a team standpoint, Troy Smith stands out. Listen, man, they were number one the whole year. He won the Heisman. He won the Heisman by a huge margin. He's an Ohio guy. He's a great story of how he got to Ohio State. Spielman's kind of an interesting story of how he got to Ohio State. I don't know if we have to lean Ohio guys. That's right. Orlando's an Ohio guy. Archie's an Ohio guy. Tatum's from New Jersey. Does that matter? Or maybe you lean the other way, right? You said, Stephen, Chase Young is a national guy, right? He's a D.C. guy. Decides to come here. That's a big deal. Hey, Ohio State's a national program now. Maybe you want to make sure you have a national guy on there. I don't know. I guess I have to decide because I make you guys decide. Part of me is, again, like I'm so split on Spielman and Tatum. And I said it was down to, to Harley, Willis, Spielman, and Tatum, but I also feel like I probably should have Troy in there. That I could talk my – I think I could talk myself into Troy for the, for the fifth spot. I mean, for the fourth spot. That, you know, I think I could talk myself into Troy as much as I could talk myself into anybody else. You might have swung know. me on Tatum, though. You guys might have swung me on Tatum. that I, would, I think maybe I would go Tatum over Spielman. And I think we have to remember that it's possible to have like a transcendent season that gets you a Heisman trophy, but that that doesn't have a decades long impact the way that Orlando Pace does. Like I just, it's just because you won a Heisman trophy doesn't mean you were a generational talent. Yeah. Yeah. It just means you had a heck of a year. Not taking anything away from that. I mean, it's it's still an incredible achievement, but I think we're talking about something higher than one great year. It's like Chase, a, yeah. Young's, Chase Young's 2019 season is more impressive to me than some Heisman Trophy winning seasons that people have had. Yeah. Not even just talking about Ohio State people. You know what I mean? Like when you just you had a a just that viciousness of a presence day in and day out on the game 
and people were like stopping to watch what you do. Like uh, that doesn't always happen with people who just like amass the stats to get a Heisman trophy. So I, 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 to me, I didn't even really think about, I mean, Archie winning two put him in a special category, but I didn't really even go look at the list of Heisman trophy winners at Ohio state beyond that, because that didn't really matter to me. Yeah. Jack Tatum, 1970 Heisman trophy race seventh as a defensive player, Rex Kern. That's more impressive to me, honestly, with defensive players, if, if you're finishing that high as a, a for an award that you know you're never going to win. That's more impressive. Because you know how good you have to be to, you know, be in the top 10 of an award that's basically either been a running back award or a quarterback award throughout history? Yeah. No, I I, I agree with that. I, I think we take that into account. Um, Chris Spielman, sixth, <laughs> his senior year. In the Heisman Trophy race, one spot had a Jack Tatum his senior year. So thanks, Chris. <laughs> like I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not, uh, I'm not pounding the table either way for those guys. But in the end, you both would go Tatum over Spielman, and so you have you have swayed me. Spielman tenth in 1986 Heisman voting, so he was he was tenth, and then he was uh, let's see if where he finished. Did not finish there. So his junior and senior year was 10th and 6th in the Heisman Trophy voting. But I'll go Tatum. I'll go Tatum. Partly for the Super Softs, um, partly for the Aura, partly for the Heisman, and partly because he he conjures something maybe slightly more than Spielman does, even though Spielman conjures the heck out of it too. All right, so we all agree. Woody Hayes, Archie Griffin, Orlando Pace is our top three. The Texters go Eddie George as the fourth. Nathan goes Chick Harley. Steven goes Chase Young. I go Jack Tatum. I think is it an interesting group? Nathan, you got to do a lot to crack that, right? We were talking about, oh, Chris Olave can get in, or what could, uh, you know, Quinn Ewers or CJ Stroud do to get in? It's like, this is a, this is a top four that's actually like a pretty strong, like top eight. I think that, that I don't know. You better win a Heisman and a national title and have something to you if you want to enter this conversation, I think. And it's another reason why I didn't feel that bad about not putting someone on here who's played in the last 25 years, because you have to stand the test of time to make this four. Like these are people whose legacies endure, like even as much as the game has changed, even though there is kind of a new modern um, concept of college football that keeps getting remade every few years, Orlando Pace, Archie Griffin, Woody Hayes, those things endure through that without any question. I think just for the Chase Young perspective or anybody else who you know could maybe make a case, but probably not, since the NBA the NBA's putting out their top 75 since the 75th anniversary, when they put out the top 50, they put Shaquille O'Neal on there. And it was like his third year into the NBA, which is like crazy. It's like you haven't done anything yet, and you're already considered one of the top 50 players of all time. But they were right to do that. That's how hmm. good you have to be. That's that's how good Chase was. You have to be right. And I'm pretty certain that I'm going to be right about Chase Young standing the test of time, you know, 25 years from now when people are rethinking about some of this stuff. Maybe a quarterback, because that's what Ryan Day is here to do. I think that's who has their best chance of whether it's Quinn, whether it's CJ, whether it's Jaden Davis or some eight-year-old who's walking around right now. That's probably the only spot that can have an opportunity because who the head coach is and where football is today to have that ability to where as soon as their college career, we can go. I, I can bank on him standing the test of time. And if Troy, if Ohio State had 41-14 won 
that national championship game against Florida mm-hmm. instead of losing it. I think, I think Troy would be the fourth, and I don't think it would yep. be much of a discussion. It yep. would be like what because he he would have been he's three and zero against Michigan. He was a starter for two and a half years. He's an Ohio guy with a great background, a great mm-hmm. interesting story, and he would have been the runaway Heisman winner of a winner of an undefeated national championship team. And it would have been like literally like what what more is there that you could do? There's not. Mm-hmm. And it would not have been a flash of the pan. It would have been a buildup to it. But the fact, and we talked about on the quarterback thing, the fact that Troy went out on a down note affects it at least some percentage point. And I think it's the thing that keeps him off, off the mountain here. All right. I liked it. I thought it was a fun discussion. I thought it was a fun exercise. It allowed us all of us to get into our history books a little bit. I hope you guys liked it. You know, we still have the Buckeye Retalkables. We still have Buckeye Fly Effect. We'll come up with something else. We'll do some, we have more drafts and stuff. So that was more of an off-season project that we finished up here uh, during this off week for the Buckeyes. We appreciate you guys being part of it. Again, if you want to be a texter and get to vote on stuff like this, 614-350-3315. For Nathan Baird and Stephen Means, I'm Doug Maurice. That's it for Mount Buckmore. And that was Buckeye Talk. Bye.